from the boardroom to the shop floor. Good business runs on good governance. Join esteemed expert in governance, Dr. Nimrod Dembele, for the next hour as he takes us beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's uh, installment of Beyond Governance. Uh, my name is Nimrod Mbele. How are you on this glorious rainy Tuesday? Uh, here, I mean, pretty much uh, quite wet here in Johannesburg. Um, I hope you're taking it easy on the road. Please don't text while driving, um, you know, generally. But it's even worse during the the wet conditions. Uh, we've seen so many, so many accidents that are just unnecessary and unpleasant. But I believe you, uh, the listeners, are doing the right thing and by just, you know, staying safe because we want to see you live and kicking uh, back at, in our respective homes. Anyway, in any comment front, I hope you're still doing, you know, pretty much well. Before we went to the show, we're, you know, having a chat with uh, Kabisa and Justice just to reflect on what, you know, and how the 2020 was uh, defined in it, what it, it meant to, well, it, it, it was meant to be a year of plenty. They call it 2020. And, and, and the question was clearly somebody forgot to qualify plenty of what, you know. <laughs> so, so, so we definitely had plenty of Corona. Next time when we make a request or plea, uh, we need to be more in the specific, you know, and in terms of, and, 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 you know, specific in terms of qualifying exactly what we need. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I hope, uh, everybody's holding on, uh, as, as we should, uh, you know, uh, because these things, you know, that we, we have no choice but to survive. And unfortunately, you know, because this country is a beautiful country, has lots of pro- prospects. Uh, and let's hope 2021 will be a different year. Anyway, moving on uh, swiftly, let me thank Simon and the team for a job well done. They'll be back on your reading tomorrow. Um, tonight's, uh, you know, menu is quite uh, enriching. First, we're going to kick off with the, you know, a, a normal story of, of reflecting on uh, issues of national and global significance. Uh, secondly, we're gonna take, you know, uh, secondly, we're gonna delve a little bit much on the main cause, which is that of, um, the status of municipalities in the country. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, we, that there's a by-election throughout the country that would cook off in a, in a short while. On that note, we're gonna solicit views from Justice Ndaba just for him to give us a perspective in terms of where the municipalities are following the damning report of the Auditor General. Uh, just, you know, definitely stay in tune or stay tuned, uh, for there's going to be interesting, you know, thoughts, uh, around that particular issue as we gear ourselves for the by-elections. Uh, I do appreciate your thoughts and, and, and views about SMS line, uh, which is 34519. Telegram is 061895, uh, 1095. Uh, if you want to drop me an email, you're most welcome. The email address is nimrod at high2co.za. As I indicated earlier, the first, you know, leg of the show, just a quick reflection on, on pertinent issues. And I figured, you know, today we haven't really touched on, on, on politics in a very long time on the show. The reason I decided to reflect a little bit on the, you know, U.S. election debacle, because it has a, it's not just a small country, you know, what we see in the U.S. has, uh, huge ramification uh, in terms of the foreign policy, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, military uh, interventions, in terms of the, 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 the look and feel of democracy as we know it. I mean, if a, you know, a, you know, countries such as, you know, such as the U.S., uh, you know, the president, uh, the sitting president, Donald Trump, is objecting, you know, the, 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 the outcome of the, of the elections, what does it mean uh, for democracy? I think that's a huge question uh, that anybody, everybody has been asking about. What does it mean in terms of the key institutions of government? Um, at the first valley, you could begin, you could see that, you know, he, there's no confidence on key institutions uh, of the country from where he sits. Uh, and, and the question is again, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the uh, Secret Service, the FBI, and so on and so forth, who are now, you know, who are they briefing, you know, uh, for the next, uh, you know, two months or so until the elections? Would they still hold the briefings, even though, uh, you know, uh, 
Donald Trump is literally on his way out, you know, um, that if the Democrats would have their way. But that's something that I thought we need to quickly have a reflect on. One thing that is, is quite fascinating from the U.S. Constitutional Club Maya, um, again, it was uh, emphasized by, you know, by, by Donald Trump, you know, when he dismissed the, the, the Secretary of State, Mark Esper. What do you make of that? I mean, interestingly, uh, we haven't had, well, we haven't seen a lot of people being fired via Twitter. Imagine you work, you know, you're at home, you know, getting ready to go to work, putting your tie and getting your lunchbox ready, getting a kiss from your wife and say, good, you know, enjoy your day. And, and suddenly, boom, you know, you, you know, just these calls you listen, you've been fired. How do you know? I mean, there's a tweet that is ranting about your dismissal. I mean, how, I don't know how, how that happens, but that's, that's, that has been experienced. But anyway, Donald Trump is not only one. Uh, remember in, 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 in South Africa, Jacob Zuma fired at some point, the former minister of mineral resources. He was also fired, uh, either on Twitter, uh, you know, I remember uh, his wife, there was a video that was doing rounds and, and in fact from him himself, uh, when he was giving a testimony that, you know, he was brushing his teeth <laughs> and getting ready to go to work and, and, and suddenly his wife saw uh, uh, that, you know, he's no longer the minister. He said, ah, Papa, um, you know, do, you know, don't even go anywhere because you're no longer the minister of, uh, of minister of mineral resources. So we do have these kinds of, of leaders that, um, you know, behave in the, in, in the manner that Trump and, and Zuma did, um, you know, uh, some, some couple of months ago. But I think the issue for me is that, you know, there are bigger, Social political implications if we are not careful, and and I suppose this is where most most Americans, especially the, the Democrats, are trying to, you know, to reflect on that. Wait a second, you know, we need to, you know, because we, the U.S. has always been the beacon of hope, the beacon of of liberty for pretty much uh, uh, every country in the world, and when. When you live by example in a, in the sense that Donald Trump has done, the ramifications are just huge. But anyway, we leave that to the Americans to resolve. Hopefully, sanity will prevail as, as we proceed. Um, locally, one thing that stood out for me is the, you know, the good news that, um, Kome is now will be back on the skies on the 1st of December. Uh, what really stood out for me, one, it's good for competition because, you know, uh, the more flights we have, the better because, you know, competition is quite good in, in that uh, the fares are likely to be lowered. But what stood out for me around Kome is that, you know, this is one company that has registered profit for, for a number of years. I mean, just last year, it registered, you know, 12%, uh, you know, growth in despite uh, you know, sluggish economic growth. Um, and, and, and this, you know, the 12% amounted to about 23.5 million US dollars in terms of revenue that they've created. I mean, that's, it's insane. And 2020, not plenty, boom, uh, they were in, in, in business rescue. It actually goes to show the kind of complexity and dynamic nature. Obviously in 2020, in 2020, um, you know, COVID had a major role to play, um, you know, to, to a point where companies such as Kome that has been profitable for a very long time and they suddenly went bust. Um, when you juxtapose that with SAA, I mean, what comes to mind? I mean, SAA, the figures are between five to 10 billion rands. Uh, loss just in two financial years, 2018, 2019 financial year. Um, you know, we have been told that the loss has been around that. And this is one entity that has not registered any significant or any profit since 2011. And we have been told again, there's going to be a forthcoming bailout. I mean, it's quite mind boggling for an entity that is just sucking, uh, very Limited. In fact, there's no, there's no fiscal space in this country. Uh, and yet we continue to bail, uh, entities such as SAA in an environment where education sector has, is suffering cut, you know, uh, cuts. Um, infrastructure has cuts. Housing has got cuts. Health got cuts. 
this money should have been can be spent and should be spent um, in in education, in health, in social security. I don't understand. It's just mind boggling. Perhaps maybe somebody you know who's smarter can give us a sense or some kind of the rationale behind this persistence of uh, bailing out of entities. But anyway, that's that. Those are my thoughts. Um, the last two points that I want to reflect on quickly is the state capture. Oh my goodness, this is one uh, environment that is riddled with so much controversies. And I wonder, do you still watch state capture or have just gone numb? Are you comfortable or confident that we are getting somewhere? I mean, I've picked up the, the conversation or the testimony by by the former SAA uh, chairperson, Dutumiene. What do you make of that? I mean, this is a, an, a, a very important individual who was manning um, a state entity which registered billions of lands that I've, I've just made mention of. And yet she refused to answer questions on a basis that she might incriminate herself. What do you make of that? What do you make of her refusing to respond to questions about her qualifications? I don't understand because apparently she claimed that she has a degree from KwaZulu Natal. Uh, and when she was asked about it, she was wishy-washy. I mean, you either have it or you don't have it. It's as simple as that. How can you incriminate yourself on a basis of the qualification that you have or you don't have unless you don't have it? But anyway, those are some of the issues that I just find it so mind boggling to say the least. But anyway. Um, as we drift towards the, 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 the second part of the conversation, uh, earlier on, I did indicate that we're going to be talking about the status of municipalities in, in the country. And I let me take this opportunity to welcome Justice Ndaba, who is the executive at Lourdes Jankas. Uh, Ndaba, good evening and welcome to the show. Good evening, Doc. Uh, it's been a while. Thank you very much. And to your listeners also. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sure the listeners have really missed your voice. Uh, you've been an incredible uh, thought leader in so many fronts. Uh, once again, welcome. Um, I've just, I did made a bit of a reflection uh, in terms of where we are sitting, uh, Justice. First, let me just paint a picture. We have uh, by you know by elections in in as far as local municipalities are concerned, uh, given the fact that I mean the there's been so many resignations, uh, there's so many deaths, and there's so many uh, you know uh, councillors that were fired or dismissed by the by respective embassies. Um, hence, there's been this this vacuum which needs to be filled via by elections. We have in this country, uh, the last time I checked, 278 municipalities. Um, you know, that, 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 you know, that of, of that figure, there's about 96 of those that are going to, um, you know, contest the by-elections. And, and the by-election, in a way, I mean, it comes at the backdrop of the damning report that the AG has pointed out. But at just the first minute, before we get into, um, the integrities of our conversation tonight, um, you know, from where you're sitting, as you observe the incoming by-elections, um, do you think people are keen or will be keen to participate? Do you think uh, there's still enough confidence um, in the local government space wherein ordinary folks uh, would be jumping into the bandwagon to, t- to seize that opportunity, given the vast uh, uh, strikes or vast you know, contestation or the vast protests that you've seen? Um, well, what's your take from that end? Um, thank you very much, Doc. Look, I, I, I've, I've observed recently the activities around the by-elections. Um, I see there's an increase of participation. Mainly, um, it could be, though, that I, I saw in about uh, eight or nine of the by-elections, there were independents standing against uh, the the known political parties, obviously after that court order. So I think, uh, in fact, some of those that are replaced, I think four of them or, or so were, were independent. So there seems to be a growing number of communities that are at, at least at a local, at a, at a ward level, 
um, beginning to to nominate and elect councillors that are apolitical or that are from community-based organisations. So that may be the issue because, I mean, we're talking about the cold face of service delivery there. So, uh, yeah, so I'm not too sure. This is not scientific. It's merely an observation. No, thanks for that observation, Justice. But here's, I mean, I appreciate the fact that we have, we see more and more uh, independent candidates, uh, you know, saying, well, um, I, I'm, I'm better off uh, pushing this particular ticket uh, for the majority of communities have lost confidence in uh, political parties that represented or misrepresented them, uh, if you like. Um, but knowing how complex the administration of local government is, uh, what are the chances of individual candidates or, or independent candidates taking on uh, what can be perceived as a pretty much complex, if not um, dysfunctional, local government? Because as a councillor, you know, you know, in terms of governance structures, um, you don't really have much say in operations. Your role is that of 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 um, uh, coordinating and driving policy policies around local government, and, and to, to be more specific. But how do you move from that angle to begin to influence the service delivery aspect administratively? Because um, you, you don't have direct uh, control or say, even worse, when you are a minority, because the independent candidates uh, are, are, I suppose, it's economies of scale, if you like, in politics, because if you have amassed the majority of, or, or you hold the voting powers in, in any government structure, i.e. council, your value proposition or your policy orientation uh, is likely to hold. How do you see that uh, taking off in, in, in instances where you have independent candidates coming in uh, with a view to address the mess which we have seen to date. Do they stand a chance at all? Well, I actually think they do in the sense that uh, from an independent candidate point of view, um, once you have collated, for instance, the issues that your your community has, um, unlike the party-based uh, ward councillors who Many a times you find that they need to converse within the party first. The independence, you simply, because they, there's infrastructure in terms of um, how the institution works, of, of them raising issues with the executives or the local officials. So you, you find many a times that maybe the local uh, independents are able to make sufficient uh, noises to the executives at the local municipality so long as they follow procedure and you have the correct line of sight to be able to make a follow up and also feedback to the communities quite quicker than many a times you find that the party based uh, ward councillor, he has to satisfy uh, interest from the party. You might find he wants to call in. Uh, community-based meeting, he has to ensure that the party, his party is on board, and so on and so forth. So it could be that uh, they, they still tend the chance because, I mean, as an independent, you are answerable directly to the community that, um, that, that, that appointed you. So what you do is you collate your issues, you go directly to the municipality, so long as there's provision in the IDP, and then, um, and you had ensured that, for instance, the stuff that you are raising, you raise directly with the municipality officials and, and relying on what is contained in the IDP. You are able to take that and give and provide feedback directly. Um, is, for instance, if you are able to call your community-based meeting quicker. Um, so, so my view is that it, it, they do stand a chance, really. I haven't seen it uh, in operation uh, sufficiently, but for those that I've observed, um, yeah, there seems to be, uh, uh, I would see maybe two weeks time when we see some of the results, whether some of the, 
uh, the ward councillors that passed away that were independent, whether in the same ward, um, you know, they, they, they would, uh, the, the independents would win again or people would resort back to the, the party ward councillors. Well, let's, let's hope so. Um, I mean, if the independent candidates, um, uh, represent the beacon of hope, uh, to many disgruntled communities, perhaps maybe that just might be the route, uh, the country need to take. Uh, but anyway, that's something that we'll see as how, how it unfolds. But let me just quickly reflect on one of the key findings, uh, by the Auditor General, uh, in terms of the, the, the latest reports. Uh, on one on the notion of irregular expenditure. For an example, I'm going to go through irregular expenditure, which, by the way, runs into billions, uh, province mm-hmm. by province, uh, yeah. starting off with uh, Free State. The, the Auditor General report um, notes irregular expenditure totaling 1.4 billion rands mm-hmm. uh, in the Free State. And of that, there's about 341 million rands in a regular expenditure, which was identified in an audit after they were finalized. So you can imagine. So we're talking serious money. Firstly, mm-hmm. um, for someone who is not in the know uh, in terms of irregular expenditure, could you just maybe give us your thoughts, firstly, on what constitutes irregular expenditure? And then we can get to the the massive uh, uh, 1.4 billion rent that I have indicated um, and what it means in terms of leadership. Um, at the municipal level and leadership at the provincial level because all these issues boils down to one thing and one thing only, uh, the ability for uh, leaders to manage, to institute controls, um, environment, which is in line with the constitutional requirements. Your, your take on that? Look, um, irregular expenditure by and large is, 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 is simply the simplest way of explaining it would be that um, is expenditure that is that is incurred, um, but the manner in which it was incurred, uh, prescribed proce- procedure, for instance, or legislation, uh, was not followed, or, or the, the the process that led to the expenditure. When the audit is done, you find that uh, it was not com- in compliance with applicable legislation. So that is seen as irregular. So there's a, the process that, the processes that um, are prescribed and this could be procurement processes. This could be um, the, the processes described in the uh, municipal uh, uh, act, uh, MFMA. Um, so, so many a times you find that in the MFMA, there's particular processes defined in there as to at, at, at the local level, municipality level, when there's certain expenditure, what is the process? So from the MFMA, there would be derived policies at the local municipality of um, how expenditure uh, from the request to the budgeting to the, to, the, to the actual expenditure, how that is done. So anything outside those prescribed processes is then classified as irregular expenditure. So the issue with with um, the free state in this instance, which, by the way, the the the, the, the auditor general found that um, they had regressed even from the 2018 audit outcome. So, meaning that uh, while the red flags were raised in the 2018 audit outcomes, uh, the 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 position in the 2019 outcomes, which was the latest one. Uh, the, he found that they had even regressed from the, the previous processes. So meaning that they, 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 there's an issue of accountability in essence in the, in the free state that you're referring to. So for the free state, because it, for, 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 for expenditure and irregular expenditure to occur uh, as high as they have, it means the the approval processes, the accountability processes of officials that are in charge, you know, um, there's not sufficient cover. So, so uh, most probably you would find that in the in the uh, free state, um, that is why you find even 
um, recently as in, in the 2019 uh, 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 outcomes, it 10 municipalities themselves did not submit financial statements on time for as an example you know uh, 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 and then you 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 find that desi- despite that all of it many of the outcomes were characterized by a lack of basic financial disciplines or an unwillingness to comply with legislation by by some officials so then you you find that the internal controls are quite weak or are totally ignored. I couldn't agree with you more. Just, you know, thanks for that observation. Um, you know, we're going to take a break, but while we, while we're getting ready to take a break in the next uh, two seconds, I want you to reflect on the, the amount of money that I've, been, that I've spent on consultant. I want to focus the conversation on, on the free state. Uh, for an example, according to the AG, there is amount of about 46 million rand that was spent on consultants. Uh, and, and of this, there's about 47 million, 47, um, 70 million, which are spent by municipalities whose audit had not been finalized. So you could just, just see the amount of money that has been spent on consultant. While we, you know, uh, digesting that particular issue, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you have just come here for the, for the first time, you know, you haven't really uh, missed out um, a lot. Um, we're having a, a very pertinent conversation with Justice Ndaba in the context of uh, the state, the state of municipalities, you might be aware that, you know, we are, uh, we're going to have a by elections in municipalities, uh, on a basis of, you know, either death or dismissals or retirement or resignation of uh, some of the municipal councillors. So this is given a, an opportunity for new, um, you know, candidates to come in to showcase um, their talents in terms of how they want to turn around municipalities. Um, the, the conversation is actually in, in a context of um, the, the audit uh, findings by the AG around municipalities. You know, you must have picked up that majority of municipalities are, are completely in, in completely dysfunctional, to say the least. So, so I mean, that's something that we're trying to get our heads around um, as as local government as a sphere of local government is one uh, very critical, uh, you know, layer which interfaces with communities around, you know, service delivery issues. When they talk about coll- um, garbage collection, when they talk about, you know, water, electricity, uh, uh, you know, uh, parks and so on and so forth, you can imagine. So if that layer is dysfunctional, as the AGES report has, you know, demonstrated, Whoever comes in has got a lot of work to do, um, you know. So one of the issues that I put, you know, to justice before we went to the break is is the amount of money that is being spent on consultant. In, for an example, in the free state, they spend close to forty six million rands on consultants uh, just to sort out the financial mess. And bear in mind that you know we have a CFO and who has hosts of people under him or her. Over and above the, the fixed salary cost of administrators at the municipal level, you still didn't care in the case of the free state, you still didn't care up to 46 million rand just to pay consultants to do the job that you ought to have done in the first place. What does it mean in terms of recruitment? What does it mean in terms of the culture of performance? What does it mean in terms of, um, you know, meritocracy? At the face value, one could say, these people that are employed in these particular municipalities are either incompetent or they just don't know what they're doing. Your, your take, Justice. Look, um, Doc, if you look at, if you analyze, um, I've read the one on, on, uh, that you're asking about of the free state. Most of it was, was, was spent in finance, uh, where they called in, uh, financial accountants, uh, or financial consultants. But still, uh, in, 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 of the 46 million that you're talking about, almost half, um, I can't remember the amount, almost half of that, that was spent, uh, those municipalities still did not submit in time, which goes to the fact that, despite the fact that 
uh, the officials... They got an extra hand, but they still can't manage it. Yes, despite the fact that the officials were assisted by uh, financial consultants, um, they still could not submit or they missed the deadline date, which then talks to issues of capacity, one. And two, it may be, in my mind, maybe the fact that you know when you you when you 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 enter into contracts with consulting companies, there could be the issue that uh, given that we don't have capacity in the municipality, uh, if you come in as a consultant, please make sure that you leave one or two skills uh, as part of the contract obligation. So maybe um, in the report of the OG, the OG observed that there was no skills transfer. Uh, in that sense, so um, or the, the 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 if there was no skills transfer, there's either was no skills transfer or provision was not made that the opportunity for skills transfer happens. So which may well mean that when the consultants come in, the officials don't bother to work with the consultants um, so that they could acquire certain skills from the consultants. That as the consultants leave they may continue without the consultants. But then you find that, practically speaking, they call in the consultants, the consultants crunch the numbers, but the consultants are there for a particular time. As soon as they leave, um, the officials that remain don't have the capacity to finalize uh, you know, the, the, the statements because then they cannot most probably call back the, the consultants because the budget could have been exhausted. Because if you call the consultants, you call them at another cost or an, an additional cost. So that could but be... Here's, here's a million-dollar question, Justice. Um, as counsel, what's your response on that? As executive, what is your response on that? Because one thing, one thing that is glaring... On this particular issue um, is the fact that there, there has not been consequence management. Uh, you know, you, admit, you, you considered that in the first stage for that matter, the, the, the financial um, assessment, you know, environment has regressed, which means there's this almost like impunity, if you like. Um, and, and it all boils down to what is it that executives did to remedy the situation, because every time when the AG comes through, we leave a set of recommendations or action steps that needs to be, you know, followed by way of trying to remedy some of these issues. Clearly, in a case of free state, there hasn't been, and which, which for me begins to ask a question on around the extent to which uh, performance is one is taken seriously, and non-performance is that it, it is dealt with it, with the seriousness that it is there. Your your take on that? Yeah, so actually the, the, the Auditor General agrees with you, with your observation, because in the free state itself, if you read the whole report, they reflect accountability, which among accountability is uh, the issue of uh, management of performance, there's the issue of consequence management, as you're saying, because, I mean, there's no evidence that when when these things have happened, that someone has been taken to task and has been disciplined or whatever. The, 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 the AG was not provided with evidence of that. So what you've just said actually is an, an actual finding of the, of the auditor journal, if I remember, because for the free state in particular, accountability was quite key as a finding, uh, and as a result, as a reason for uh, the continued uh, irregular uh, expenditure, which maybe explains why um, they had regressed um, in the in the past two years uh, on that. But, but okay, moving on, let's look at Houghton for an example on the same issue. The AG noted that irregular expenditure in Houghton amounted to 1.7 billion rands. You know, for, for all for 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 municipalities such as. City of Tuane, City of Tuane, Mfuleni, you know, um, and these are the two ones uh, that, that were cited. And of that 1.7, you know, there's a, there's a further 3.3 billion rands which was reported for audits that were finalized uh, subsequent to the cutoff. Again, Houting is supposed to be the beacon of, um, if you like, 
excellence in municipality in, in municipalities because i mean how do you explain this in the same token um we we also noted you know that municipal I mean, municipal entities in Gauteng have incurred 1.8 billion rands of irregular expenditure in the period under review so uh-huh. and how do we in free state we understand what happened in free state we we also see that obviously all of uh, you know uh, uh investigations that are taking place um you know uh, in, in government department as well as entities but in Gauteng, one would have expected Gauteng to be a little bit more um astute a little bit more uh, diligent because of the caliber of people that sit in Gauteng in terms of uh, leadership how do we explain this well if uh, if you look at Gauteng, Gauteng was okay uh, 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 um, as for instance 2016 17 and and before uh, Gauteng and Western Cape were all right in terms of the audit findings but the regression occurred if you look at it 1819 and the year 1819 was was mainly I, I would think in my mind because both um, many of the municipalities in Gauteng experienced a lot of um, instability, if if you know what I mean, mm. um, politically speaking. So it could be, uh, if you remember, almost just about the whole year, I mean, Twani was was non was not functional. I mean, they had an administrator until recently. Um, and be, be in, in between the times, there was turmoil in terms of um, council and then the, the appointment of new councillors and so on and so forth. So uh, it could be that the instability uh, of, 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 of that started at the political level um, messed up at uh, the official level, which is where the execution is. So that could have destabilized because... The, uh, the, the in, in history, if you look at the performance in history, um, there was quite uh, the, 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 the auditor general was quite satisfied with the performance of Gauteng or some municipalities in Gauteng. But many of them, um, I mean, if you look at, at, at the what's that other one that was in the VAR? Um, um, you know, this is what um, Mfuleni. No, Mfuleni regressed. Um, What's the other one? The, the DA used to run it at some point. Midval. Midval. So Midval, uh, because it was stable and it continued and there was no disruption for, for a long time. I mean, uh, they, 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 they obtained a clean audit opinion. Um, you know, other than the others where you, you had, um, issues. So there are challenges, uh, uh, I think, but from what I've observed, if when we talk about solutions later, I would just give you my view as to what could be a, 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 an encouraging sight that I'm seeing. While, while on that, maybe let's just wrap up, you know, the amount, the amount of money that has been spent on consulted and counting, because this is quite also troubling. Uh, perhaps maybe we might at some point we might get an, a response from a Gauteng, you know, government on some of these figures. For an example, they have spent, according to the AG, 341 million rands on, on consultants. You know? So again, um, it, it, that's a lot of money. And of that money, of, of that, um, 341, the AG says 312 million was spent on municipalities whose audits had not been finalized by the cutoff date. Still, you, yeah, you see the pattern. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's not only in, 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 in free state, but it's in also in affluent uh, provinces such as Houghton, which means when you, there's something, funda- there's something fundamentally wrong, uh, in terms of firstly, the, the appreciation of cost. And extend the, 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 the whole point of getting leadership that, that, that was to remedy these things. Because when you look at AG reports year in, year out, the findings are pretty much the same. If yeah. not, in some instances. The reality doc, I think, is that, um, we have, uh, it could point to the fact that there's a, there's a, there's a huge gap or there's a huge need 
of financial and accounting skills in municipalities because many of these consultant costs are in the area of accounting and, and, and finance. And it, it, it looks like it is quite difficult for municipalities to attract that talent or if they do uh, uh, maintain it or, or retain it. Because many of this, I think the issue, if you look at the consistency of the findings, there are in terms of not submitting financial statements in time, um, you know, uh, 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 skills skills transfer from trans, from consultants, which which tells you what either um, we have capacity issues in the financial skills uh, level in many of the municipalities, and and that seems to be consistent. Okay, but okay, how how do we turn it around, uh, How do we turn around and, and build that that confidence that is desperately needed um, for communities? Now, one obviously one one issue that perhaps maybe we need to recognize and appreciate is the fact that um, communities, in, in in most instances, you know, are not paying for services. Um, that's one thing that perhaps maybe the you know there has to be a drive which. Uh, encourages, you know, communities to pay, you know, services because if the municipalities don't have money, uh, it's very difficult to fix potholes. It's very difficult to, to, to hire staff. It's very difficult, but those are obviously issues that can be relatively done, you know, but, but I mean, there are, you know, obviously organizational, in terms of organizational culture, um, people don't seem to have confidence that even if people were to pay corruption and maladministration, is, is so rife that, you know, uh, because this, in fact, what, in one of the, one of the key concerns, you know, from, from, from community's point of view is that even if you're paying your, your dues as expected, um, but your billing system is irregular to a point where most people decided, you know what, I'm paying for water and electricity, but my, my, you know, and I've spoken to municipalities day in, day out just to fix, um, you know, the correct you know, billing, they, they don't, they don't get it right. Uh, and most people have just thrown towels and said, listen, it's not working because every time when I go to the municipality, I speak to this person, that person, that person, I've been, you know, shifted from pillar to post. So, so clearly there's something wrong administratively, which discourages people, even those, those who want to pay are keen and willing to pay, uh, uh because if the, those that are paying are in a minority, for argument's sake, and, the kind of reception and treatment they are getting vis-a-vis their their complaints not being dealt with as expected, they obviously will reverberate a negative you know information or a negative uh, in a feeling uh, throughout the community, you know which encourages others not to you know appreciate the need to pay because those that are paying are not getting joy. Well, there's there's two things that I would say. Um, remember. A few years ago, the COCTA introduced something called local local government turnaround strategies, which obviously I'm not sure whether um, it has worked. But I, there's a, there's something that they've developed recently that I looked at, and I think if it is implemented, that could assist. It's called the district development model. Uh, that that was introduced in November, I think, last year, but it's only starting to work now in 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 2020, and and that speaks to the issue that you just raised now because the the, the two key uh, reason for for the introduction of this district development model is to one to coordinate uh, and maybe integrate the development plans and budgets. So that can assist them. Okay. So secondly, uh, maybe to, to mobilize capacity and, 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 and resources. So to address your issue, I think Copta here with this, they mean that, I mean, you spoke earlier that there are about two, 278 municipalities, but of that we know that there are eight metros, but the issue is in the 226 local municipalities. So, with the district development model, you might find, you would see that uh, the intention is to pool the resources and pool the capacity and assist 
the municipalities, at least in terms of closing outcomes, and two, in terms of addressing these issues that we just mentioned that lead to um, irregular expenditure. Because what would then, if, if you pull those resources to the center, or I'm not too sure on the delivery model of it, but in terms of the model as I understand it, when it pulls these resources, uh, you are able to at least have a, a common system or a, com, uh, a, a standardized system that you can begin to apply that would then, when you, you escalate uh, to local level, you then simplify the steps at the, at the lower level. And then uh, perhaps at a coordinated level, you are able to then deal with the complex activities um, and, and, and especially in terms of budgeting, in terms of, 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 of ensuring that um, resources are allocated sufficiently and they spread across uh, equitably. So I think that when we look at that, as I must still study it uh, intensely, but I've, from what I've seen, I think it's a step in the right direction because it then addresses the, the critical issues of capacity and of resourcing. Look, I mean, just I mean, uh, that, that's a correct observation, but, um, you know, um, the district development model, it is just that a model, uh, even though, I mean, it, it looks at how government structures um, integrate, uh, you know, service delivery uh, that, 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 are, that are more practical, achievable, and somehow, you know, measurable. That, that part one understands, but um, it's almost like buying a car um, that has been driven by somebody without a license because the end results are going to be just worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a problem with, with South African politics. You know, we, we, we are, we have beautiful plans and we pride ourselves in more and more plans that are sophisticated. Uh, and yet the people who are supposed to drive and implement these plans are way below par in terms of the abilities um, to, to, to appreciate the agency of some of these things. For, for example, um, in terms of develop, in terms of human capital development, you, you cannot have this kind of model if your performance management uh, metrics are not right. You cannot turn around municipalities um, unless or until you employ the right people. Uh, you cannot turn around municipalities until you appreciate the value of merit, meritocracy. You cannot turn around municipality or any entity for that matter if the organizational culture is politicized. Until we are able to separate administration from, from politics, we are likely to uh, move somewhere. You cannot turn around municipalities until um, there are consequence management. So, so all these variables have been there in, in your, in, in, in your integrated, you know, development plan, but we just never had people who were diligent or leadership that were active in terms of managing. We've got Saga. I, I, I what's the view of Saga? If you want my view, look, my, my, my view on both, maybe let's start with the last question that you asked. What is the value of Saga? Um, I think over the years, Salga, at least in the beginning, um, was quite valuable in the sense that it it started to uh, coordinate quite well uh, many of the needs of these municipalities, at least in as far as collective bargaining was concerned, because then um, they they simply because I mean at a collective bargaining uh, level. You had too much of the strong unions. Now, Salga uh, presented an option where you could then negotiate at a central level and begin to to then coordinate some of these agreements from that. So that worked well, at least to the sense that you could you 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 could no longer have heavy disruptions of union municipal manager at the local level so so meaning that many of the agreements that were entered into the unions were long term and then they gave the municipality the space to operate but 
uh, what was there in the beginning, I don't seem think it's there now because then it became uh, the union became too strong at that level that they began to influence. I think the directing too heavily. So in that sense, hence you are asking where is Salga. But um, in terms of the second point, I agree with you entirely in terms of the points that you are raising in terms of performance and consequence management. But this is raised in this model. But secondly, uh, I think one of the key, key things that we forget is that um, we have to create a, a conducive climate at a municipal level because the issue that they struggle with is attraction of the requisite talent. Justice, unfortunately, you know what? Um, you know, you're studying a very interesting uh, in a, in a dimension of this particular conversation. But unfortunately, we have run out of time. We're going to have to leave it here. And let me take this opportunity to thank you very much for uh, you know, coming through and giving us your your invaluable uh, contribution. Uh, it has been a pleasure having you. Thank you very much, Doc. Thanks for inviting me. There you are. That's Justice Naba, who is the director at Knowledge Anchors Group. Uh, we have had a very interesting conversation around the status of, of municipalities in the context of the by-elections that are uh, that will be underway. We know that municipalities. Uh, are in a complete uh, mess, and there's a need for a new breed of leaders that that can change it. That, that can change it. Anyway, um, Greg tells me I've, I've run out, out of time. Let's do this again next week. Uh, do look after yourself. Um, if you have any other thoughts, I mean, tag me along. Um, the, the 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 Twitter and I mean the my handle is uh, at Nimrod uh, at Mbele Nimrod. Uh, Maybe let's, let's have a private conversation around that. I'll repeat it again. It's at Mbele Nimrod, your views uh, that you want to share on the basis of the conversation that, you've, that, that we have just had uh, this evening. Let's do this again. Clevisa, thank you very much for calling in the show. Greg, thank you very much uh, for harassing me to end the show. <laughs> thank you very much. Until, until we do it again next week, have a good evening and take care.